Welcome to Barry Aftercare, the podcast, where today you'll learn to focus on what you really, really want in terms of living your best post-op life. Focusing on the life you really want will help you make better decisions in your day-to-day, moment-by-moment life. Better decisions make for better outcomes. Prevent regain and lose regain by focusing on the lifestyle you really want. Today's topic is, tell me what you want, what you really, really want in terms of your weight loss journey. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. Be sure to check out the entire Berry Aftercare program for successful post-op living at www.berryaftercare.com. Now, let's get on with today's podcast. Hello and welcome to today's version of Berry Aftercare entitled, Tell Me What You Want, What You Really, Really Want When It Comes to your weight and your health. So we've been talking about goals and resolutions and the got to do ums and all these things which are going to come together today for you as we talk about what you really, 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 really want. So you remember maybe, depending on your age, the movie While You Were Sleeping, for those of you who didn't see it, it's a, it's a little romantic sitcom, which of course I like the most because (laughs) I always tell my kids, do I want to see that movie when they're telling me about movies? If it's something that's going to make me sad or upset or depressed, it's like, I am not seeing it. Do you know what I do for a living? (laughs) Anyway, so I like silly romantic sitcoms. And this was one of the greatest. It's an old movie, but most people have heard about it or maybe seen it. But it's a really cute romantic movie in which Sandra Bullock plays a single woman who has no family living. She recently lost her father. And in the movie, she works in a Chicago toll booth. So she takes coins as people go through. She barely looks at people as she swipes their coins through the toll booth. But there's one particular man who has caught her eye. And she has imagined herself being in love with him and married to him. And that is what she really, really wants. So the man of her dreams falls onto the tracks and a train is coming, but she's never met this guy. She's just seen him. So she runs onto the track, pulls him over and keeps him being from run over by a subway car. Well, he goes to the hospital and he's in a coma. So she goes to the hospital just to check on him. And she sneaks in his room and a nurse comes in and Sandra Bullock's having this conversation with this man in a coma, telling him about how she, she loves him and she can't wait to have a life with him and all this, you know, this is what I really, really want. So she's telling him what I really, really want. And the nurse who overhears her thinks that they're engaged. So the nurse somehow spills it to his family that the fiance was there and the family gets all wrapped up in this and they, they meet Sandra Bullock and they fall in love with her. And she's kind of like, just kind of going along with this whole thing because she doesn't know how to get out of it. And the family's very boisterous. And so all this goes on (laughs) before she can explain to them that she's not really the fiance. So 
she goes along with it. And in her mind, he is her happily ever after. So why am I talking about while you were sleeping and what does this have to do with bariatric surgery? Well, a lot of people prior to having the surgery, they've gained weight, they've lost weight, they've gained weight, they've lost weight. It's a real struggle. And you know what an absolute reality that struggle is. You, you may have you know, been one of the people who struggles for so long and really puts a lot of effort, but your body, because it has a disease of obesity, really, really holds on to that weight. It's very stubborn and it's really, really frustrating. So when the idea of weight loss surgery comes along, it can seem kind of like the same idea, like Sandra Bullock's pretend fiance. It appears to be the thing that could bring you part of what you want or bring you what a lot of people consider to be their happily ever after. Because for people who have struggled with their weight for a lot of their life, it can kind of feel like if I could just lose this weight, if I could lose the weight, I would be active in this. If I could lose the weight, I would follow through with these other goals and I would be happier. And maybe it's not, I would be happier, but I would be happy. If I lost the weight, I would be happy. Now that's an overgeneralization. I understand that. And I'm not saying that everybody who has surgery thinks that this is going to be the thing that makes them happy. But a lot of people believe at some level that this is going to be part of what gives them their happily ever after, which is living a fuller life, right? Because the weight hinders people from being able to follow through with a lot of things. So it's true also that a lot of amazing things do happen after weight loss surgery, especially, I don't know where you're at in your weight loss process or your surgical process, but in that year or two years after surgery, people tell me, and I've watched people experience tremendously wonderful things. You know, maybe that weight, that stubborn, stubborn weight that has refused to come off is finally seeming to melt away. For some people, it's very quickly. For other people, it's at a slower rate, but they see it happening. Something they didn't think would ever happen for them. So that's wonderful. But along with this weight loss comes improvements in health, getting off medications, being able to tend to your own hygiene, being able to tie your own shoes, being able to attend your your kids or your friends or your grandkids you know, ball games, music performances, art shows, anything that they're interested in, you can finally go and participate because you not only have improved health, but you have increased energy along with that. So many people get ecstatically happy for a good reason. They're able to buy clothes that are not as expensive as clothes that come in sizes for only bigger people, but they're also more fun. People, you know, cry when they go into a store that they've looked in the windows for, for so long. And they see those clothes that they've always wanted to wear and they get in that dressing room and they fit in them. So many people have shared experiences where they just sob because of so much joy that comes from that. A lot of people experience an improved social life. Maybe they were unable to physically go out and do a lot of socializing when they were at their heaviest weight, or maybe they were too self-conscious to go out and present themselves because 
fear of people looking at them or making comments, which happens. It does happen. You've, you know, you may have been there or you've heard the stories like I've heard. People can be extraordinarily cruel to people when they're carrying extra weight. So, so many great things happen after surgery. And a lot of it is feeling better about yourself. So it's true. You know, there's a lot of that. Wow. Look what happens when, when you achieve this goal, when you go through with weight loss surgery and you start to experience those things that you've only dreamt of before. So like Sandra Bullock, you know, in while you were sleeping, you get swept up in this current of things. Everything's changing very, very rapidly in your life, especially during those first couple of years. Things change and most things seem to be moving in a really great direction. And then something happens at some point and this cannot be ignored. Now in the movie, for Sandra Bullock's character, the thing that happened was the man of her dreams woke up out of that coma. She had never really spoken to this man. <laughs> and now the whole family thinks she's engaged to him. So he comes out of this coma. And of course, she's in an absolute panic because everybody's congratulating him. They meet, air quotes. and He's like, do I know you? And so she's trying to get information from a friend of the family to try to be able to put all these pieces together so that it doesn't, she doesn't want to be caught. Like she's done this great big lie to this whole family that she didn't intend to do. And so that puts her in a panic. Well, that's not the exact same kind of panic that people who are experiencing the weight loss go through. But for a lot of people, there comes a point of panic, absolute panic. When the weight loss ends, it's like you kind of go on thinking that, you know, you watch the scale, you celebrate with your friends, you're feeling so good. You're just so ecstatic. You've done all these great things in your life, but then the scale stops moving. And for a lot of people, there's a panic. Now, this can happen during the weight loss process till you get to whatever the lowest point is that your body's going to go and people panic there too. But a lot of times it's a stall, which is a normal part of that initial weight loss process. And the dietitian can coach you through that. And other patients can coach you through that. And the surgeon can coach you through that. And you'll, you know, you overcome that stall. But at some point, there is a point in time at which the weight loss is done. It's like your body says, that's it. This is as low as I'm going. And you're like, yeah, but my goal weight was, you know, eight pounds lower than this. I'm such a failure. Not everybody says that, but I hear it often enough that it saddens me greatly because you've lost so much weight. You're living a much healthier life. You're living a much fuller life. And the scale didn't go to the number you wanted it to. Well, at this point, there's a tremendous lesson to be learned here. And as much as I try to convince people of this ahead of time before they actually have the surgery, it's something that you really have to experience to kind of put all the pieces together and make your own peace with it. And some of the surgeons, God love them, (laughs) they play sometimes a negative role in this. Not all of them, but some of them do because they really maintain a focus on that goal weight. Now, a goal weight doesn't have to be a bad thing. 
but it is a bad thing if it sends you into a tailspin. Think about this. Think about it this way. Let me give you a little perspective on this. Let's say you are a five foot four female or, you know, a five foot 11 male and the goal weight on the charts in the doctor's office is, I don't know what it might say, maybe 120 for the female and maybe, you know, 195 for the male. I don't know if those are the actual numbers or not, but it's somewhere around that. So we're going to do a, a, a television reality show. So we take 200 women who are all five foot four and we take 200 men who are all five feet 11 and dietitians prepare all of their meals. Everybody on the Island eats the exact same food at the exact same times in the exact same amounts for a year. There's an exercise physiologist on the island and everybody works out the exact same workout every single day, every day for that year. So at the end, everybody's still 5'4". All the men are still 5'11". Do they all weigh 120 or 195 pounds? Absolutely not. Because we have too many factors that go into what our body's weight is going to be, including genetics, including hormones, including so many physiological things that our bodies aren't all going to get to the goal weight on the wall in the doctor's office. So it saddens me when people really base their level of success or their supposed failure on that number, because it's not. If you've lost weight to the point where you're healthier and you're experiencing the kinds of things that you love to do in life, I call that a success. And I hope that you won't let the number on the scale deter you from calling that a success. But back to the point of this talk and the comparison to while you were sleeping. So Sandra Bullock wakes up, she's in a panic because, oh my gosh, now, you know, the rubber's hitting the road. And when your weight loss stops for a lot of people that triggers a panic, like, oh my gosh, am I going to regain? Or maybe you have regained and you're like panicking because how do you get back down to where your body got to after the surgery? So there's this sense of panic and that panic is normal for people who have struggled with their weight all their life, because the last thing you want to do once you've found the freedom of living a fuller life without the weight, the literal weight that carrying extra physical weight puts on your body and the weight of, you know, not being able to engage in those things you want to do that comes from that physical weight. So it's not just a physical weight, but it's an emotional weight. It's a sociological weight. It's a societal weight because, you know, the experience of being the overweight person and the last thing you ever want to do is to go there again. And so there's a fear, a panic of, oh my God, the weight has stopped. What's going to happen now? Now, this discussion about regain, the fear of regain and the realities related to regain, I'm going to talk about later in the week on our Barry Aftercare Live. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to hear that talk, then you got to be a part of the Barry Aftercare program, which you can find out about very easily by going to barryaftercare.com. But for this discussion, I want to talk about what you want, what you really, really want 
go ahead, cue the Spice Girls, right? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want and all that fun stuff. So what do you really, really, really want in relation to your health and your weight? Did you want to just get the weight off from surgery? Or do you really, really want to keep that weight and live that healthier lifestyle? So in previous discussions, previous podcasts, and on Barry Aftercare Live, we've been talking about these things that led up to today's talk. How badly do you want those things? How badly do you want the benefits that come from living at the healthier weight that you attain after weight loss surgery, whatever that weight is, because even a 10% reduction in weight increases our health. So after weight loss surgery, people experience a much greater than 10% reduction in weight, which means you have even greater health benefits and even greater experiences in your life. So what is of utmost importance to you? Was it losing the weight and finding a number on a scale that made you happy? Or do you really, really want to live at a healthy weight and be able to maintain the benefits of that? So through the previous podcast, you know that the only way to keep the weight off following surgery and following that lowest point that you get to is through effort and continuing to engage in the behaviors that we've learned from research and tell us specifically, you've got to do these things in order to maintain that weight loss. You've heard me talk about the God of Dooms, right? So this bariatric surgery, I consider it to be an amazing gift to people. One that brings about a number of other gifts, but the surgery for a lot of people is where those gifts start coming from. So they experience not just the weight loss, but they experience all those gifts of being able to do more things, tend to your own hygiene, buy clothes in stores. I've talked to people who jump out of airplanes because they can, not something I endeavor to do, but more power to you. And whatever it is you want to do, as long as it's, it's healthy and in line with your values, enjoy the freedoms that you experience after weight loss. So we talked about this gift, this amazing tool. And I know that everybody has heard about bariatric surgery as being a tool. And it's not until you get to the point where your weight loss stops as a result of the surgery itself, that this concept really comes into play. Because when I do evaluations for people, and they tell me, I always ask, do you know people who've had the weight loss surgery? And they're like, yeah, my so-and-so had it, you know, and they're doing great. And so-and-so had it and they have great results. And then I always ask, how long ago did they have their surgery? And they're like, oh, well, so-and-so was six months ago. And the other one was maybe a little over a year or about two years. And then I say, I'm not telling you what I'm about to say to burst your bubble at all, because I'm thrilled for that person. And I'm really excited for them and for you to be able to see that that happens. But what you need to understand is during that first year to two years, the surgery is what's doing the majority of the work. Now, hopefully the person is being compliant in terms of eating the way the dietitian has 
told them they need to eat. Hopefully they're following what the exercise person has told them they need to do in terms of moving their body. Hopefully they're doing what the surgeon has told them to do and doing those got to do right? Hopefully they're doing that because once you lose all that weight, the surgery, the tool of the surgery to lose the weight is minimal. At that point, the tool that the surgery offers you is a smaller pouch in which to hold food so you can eat less food. But if you put the wrong foods into your body, and most of you have probably seen or experienced this, people tend to regain. Prior to surgery, if I say to somebody, if we talk about regain, people are like, why would you do that? Why would anybody go through all of this? just to regain weight. That makes no sense. Well, of course it doesn't. Cognitively to our minds, that makes no sense. So when people go into having surgery, they can't imagine regaining any of the weight. Some understand that this takes a lot of effort on your part. Some think the surgery is going to do it all for you. So the people who don't follow through with what they were guided to do all through that preparation process, sometimes experience regain. Some people are shocked by the fact that, you know, even a minimal amount of things that are not on their, their dietitian's plan result in regain. But the reality is that the surgery is a tool. It helps you get that weight off. So when I say to people, well, I'm glad, but those first two years, We don't really know how a person's going to do long-term. Talk to somebody who's five years out or seven years out or 10 years out. And if they're doing well, then what I know is they're following the gotta do them pretty darn closely. Now, it's not unusual for people to experience a minimal amount of regain after they reach their lowest point. That's part of the norm, right? Your weight's going to fluctuate a little bit. And of course, as you know, The things that result in a person struggling with obesity are many factored. It's not just what you eat, but that is a factor. But you have to consider there are hormonal changes that take place when people go through different periods of life, going through menopause or, you know, everybody has different hormonal fluctuations. If you have PCOS or if you have any other endocrine issues, you know, there are huge fluctuations in hormones. So there is sometimes some regate. You have a disease. The disease is obesity. The surgery is a tool to help you get down to a weight that gives you an opportunity to hopefully stay within a healthy weight for your body. That doesn't mean a goal weight on a chart in a doctor's wall, office on the wall. It means a healthy weight for your body where you are living the life that you want to live. So keep that in mind. But after those two years, buddy, you better be using those got to do and following what you've been doing so that you can keep that weight off. So that's why the prior podcasts have been about, you know, the goals, using SMART goals. They've been about the lifestyle. You can't just have surgery and expect that to keep the weight off for you forever. And I think most of you know that, but if that is still not hammered into your brain, then think about it really carefully because (laughs) you're going to find out the hard way.
right? And we don't want you finding out the hard way. We want you to just trust the process and trust the people who've been down the road. You've seen people who've regained. You've seen people who've kept the weight off. Talk to the people on both sides of that and ask them, what are you doing to keep the weight off? And you'll find out they're keeping, you know, most of them are keeping a food journal or they keep, you know, to the, the same kinds of foods. So they know what they can eat and maintain that weight. They're exercising, they're drinking water, they're getting enough sleep. They're doing those things. That is the lifestyle that the sooner you start engaging in from the day you decide to have weight loss surgery, the more ingrained in that lifestyle you'll be when the surgery, the tool quits working in terms of the weight loss, the initial weight loss. It will help you with portion size if you use it to your advantage. So SMART goals, remember, they're specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, they're relevant and time bound. These are things we just throw out there for the heck of it. These are the things going to help you stay on track and help you to enjoy the freedom of living at a healthy weight. So I was listening to a podcast of my own the other day and the question asked was, how often do you give into something that you want in the present at the expense of what you want in the long run? So let me state that more specifically. What you told the surgeon and the psychologist and the dietitian before surgery was that you wanted, and I'm summing this up, improved health and a better quality of life. So I'm going to go out on a limb and trust that after you've had the surgery, even if you're listening to this and you've regained weight, I'm going to trust that you still want those things. You still want an improved quality of life. You still want improved health. You want to be able to do those things you've wanted to do. So you still want those things after surgery and after losing as much weight as your body is going to lose after the surgery. But the question is, do you really, really want them? Because if you really, really want them, then you're going to follow through with those behaviors, the got to do that will help you keep them. So do you want those things, those long lasting, healthy lifestyle benefits enough to say no to certain things in the present? I'm going to get more specific this with, with this and give you some examples. Do you want that healthy lifestyle enough, for example, to say no to a television show or a good book or a talk on social media with friends and follow through with your exercise goals? So what you might want in the immediate moment is to plop down the couch and watch a good show. But what's going to keep you in line with your goals, your healthy lifestyle, is to get out and exercise. So are you able to say no in the present moment to something you want, to something you really, really want? That's a little further out in the game, right? So you have to be able to, in this journey, say no to something you want in the present, to something you really, really want as a lifestyle. So let me give you some more examples and some questions because this is a huge deal. It's not kind of a big deal. It's a tremendously huge deal. So that's why I titled this episode, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Because if you just wanted to lose weight, you got that, but you wanted to lose weight before when you've lost weight. And if that's all you wanted, then chances are you go back to what you always did. 
if you want to keep it off, if you really, really want that lifestyle, you have to think about this differently. You have to change the way you're thinking about this. You have to keep those goals at the forefront. So as I often do, I'm going to state this very firmly and very fairly, not to be hurtful, but it's the truth. It's the reality. It's the bottom line here that the only way you're going to get what you want, if what you really, really want is to maintain better health and an improved quality life, the only way you're going to get that is to keep your goals at the forefront of your mind and to follow through with the God of Dooms. That's the bottom line. So let's ask these questions. All right, let me, let me ask you this. If you're confronted with a hugely busy schedule, you have kids, they all have different schedules, or you work tremendously long hours and you have distance driving or distance, you know, whatever you have to do, and you're really super busy. Can you say no in the present moment to fast food? Because it's easier. You've got time constraints. Can you say no to fast food and do what it requires of you to keep a cooler in your car if you're driving long distances in which you have healthy options to keep your weight? Can you say no when your kids have busy, busy schedules to fast food, even if you take them there, which is probably not the best idea for kids, at least on a regular basis. But can you say no to getting the supersized meal? and get a grilled chicken something where you leave the bun off and forego the fries. Because what you really, really want is long-term health benefits. Can you say no in the present moment so that you get what you really, really want in the long run? Life is busy. It's stressful. What if you're stressed by a family member being ill and maybe you have to help care for them or maybe you have to go visit in the hospital or maybe you have to go visit in the nursing home or maybe you're responsible for taking some shifts at their house. Can you say no to unhealthy foods and make sure that you pick up some yogurt or some string cheese or go for the grilled whatever? because it's what you want in the long run. Can you say no to the food that's left in the break room and instead opt for a protein bar? Can you say no when the office members all go out to lunch and you're thinking, if I go to that restaurant, I'm in trouble. Can you say no to what you want in the immediate present? Because what you really, really want depends on your doing so. Can you say no to the cookie or, you know, the whatever when you're stressed and you're uptight or when the boss calls and wants more and opt instead for no snack because it's not time to eat or for a healthy snack? Think about that question a lot in your daily life, because if what you really, really, really want are the benefits of living a healthy lifestyle, you have to say no to what's in front of you in the moment that you might want. You might want to plop down down on the couch, but if you really, really want to maintain that weight, you're going to get up and do the exercise. You might need to say no to things, and that requires being able to set boundaries with other people. No, I can't go there with you. No, I will not indulge in that with you. No, I will not 
do those things with you or go to those places with you or accept this food from you. It may mean learning to set boundaries with yourself. No, I will not allow myself to go to these places. They're dangerous for me, Krispy Kreme or whatever it is, because it's hard for me to resist that in the present. Because what I really, really want is the healthy lifestyle. So that leads me to introducing you to a concept that I think is really critical in helping you learn to say no to what you want in the present, because what you really, really want is a healthy life. And that is what I refer to as meaningful matters. Now, meaningful matters are just what they say. The question is, what's most meaningful to me? What matters the most to me? Is it what's in the present, the sitcom, the the fast food, the cookies in the grocery store, or is it more meaningful to me? Is it, does it matter more to me that I live a healthy lifestyle? Those things that matter to you most in your physical life, you've got to determine what those are. So your meaningful matters. It's a guiding force in your life. It's bigger than a resolution. It's bigger than a goal. It's how you make decisions about the immediate present so you can get what you really want in the long term, long run. So keeping these meaningful matters front and center in your life can be a powerful, powerful way to stay on track. It's a way to help with motivation when the temptation is to give into something that sounds good in the present moment. Here's the question you want to ask yourself. If I give into laying on the couch and not exercising, Will that move me closer to what I really, really want? My meaningful matter, a healthy lifestyle. Well, no, it won't. Well, then I'm going to do what will move me closer. Will giving into this fast food move me closer to the healthy lifestyle that I say I really, really want? My meaningful matter? No, it won't. So if what you're opting for in the present will not move you closer to what you really, really want, We can develop skills to help you learn to say no in the moment. You want to stay off those medications. You want to be able to continue to take care of your health. You want to be able to engage in social activities with the people you love and more fully with your life. So I'm going to give you a worksheet that helps you determine what your meaningful matters are for your physical health. And then we'll work through those for all major areas of your life. But you've got to write this down and keep it somewhere where you see it every day because you want to stay true to what matters to you the most, what's most meaningful to you in your life. It helps you say no to what you want in the present for what you really, really want. And when you stick to your goals, when you keep those meaningful matters at the forefront of your mind, you might find that life becomes even better than you imagined. Because just like Sandra Bullock and while you were sleeping, she ended up following that dream man, the one she thought was going to be her happily ever after. And while he was sleeping, she fell in love with his brother, which was obvious throughout the movie that he was the man that would make her much happier than she thought she ever would be when she started this journey. So however happy you thought weight loss would bring you, Full life, living your best, happiest life will bring you much, much more happiness. So join me next or or later in this week 
on Bariatric Care Live as I talk about that fear of regain and the reality that is regain for some people. If you are listening to the podcast, you can find out more information about the entire Berry Aftercare program by going to www.berryaftercare.com. I will talk to you all later. Make it a great one. It's your health. It's your responsibility this day and every day. We'll talk again soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Berry Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life.